you're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Pastor Eddie Montgomery Jr. ministers a word entitled Bound but Loosed to Serve. Stay tuned. And the scripture that I'm going to come from is St. John chapter 11. St. John chapter 11. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that's about to go forth, God. We ask, Lord, that you put me in a place where I hear from you and only you, God. Let your word come alive in us. Let it minister to us. Let it speak to us, God. On the day we need you. We need a word from you like never before. And God, we pray this in your matchless name. Jesus, amen, amen. You can be seated, amen. We thank God for everybody that's in the building. Thank God for our ministerial staff and our, our senior pastor and, and evangelist and prophetess and all the people that's in the building and all those that's in social media land, amen. We thank God for you, amen. I'm ready to get right into the word. I, I'm so excited about the word. So how many ready for the word, amen? Amen, amen. So we're going to come from St. John chapter 11. And we're going to start at verse number 38. So St. John chapter 11, and we're going to start at verse number 38. Amen. And when you got to say amen, if not say hold up. Amen. Amen. All right. So for in the, if you are on social media, if you could put that in the comments, St. John chapter 11. And we're going to start at verse number 38 through 45 verse number 38 through 45 and let us read it amen and put our eyes on it amen jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it jesus said take away the stone Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stanketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should See the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lift up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin 
Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Today I want to talk to you from a subject or a topic bound loose to serve bound loose to serve here we have Jesus in a situation where his friend Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They was friends of Jesus. To give you the background of it, they was friends of Jesus. Jesus, that, they was homeboys, Lazarus and Jesus. They was homies. He had a special place in his heart for Mary, and he had a special place in his heart for Martha. Mary was the one that wiped his feet with her hair with her oil, the perfume. And now we see Lazarus, a friend of Jesus. He was sick. And because he was sick, people sent for him. They sent for him. They, they sent Mary and Martha, sent for him and say, hey, go get Jesus. Because we know the miracles that he can do. Go get Jesus. And when they went to go get Jesus, Jesus was in another city and he stayed in that city after he knew they was calling for him to come. He stayed in the city for a couple of days. And when he finally decided to go, he told his disciples, it's time to go see Lazarus because Lazarus is asleep. And it's time for me to go wake him up. His disciples knew Lazarus was sick. And they said, well, it's good that he gets some rest. Let him get some rest. And he said, no, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. I got to talk to you plainly. Lazarus is dead. And we got to go see Lazarus. So when they got there, Jesus, before he even entered the city, Martha heard that he was coming and she began to say, Lord, she met him before he even got to the city. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother, he would not have died. You could have saved him, but now he's dead. It's over. It's done. Jesus told him that I come and it's not over. I'm paraphrasing. But he says, thy brother shall rise again. And that's in verse 23. And she said, I know he's going to rise again. He's going to rise again in the resurrection. But he said, no. If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. And at that point, she summoned her sister Mary and Mary 
that anointed Jesus' feet with her hair said, Lord, if you would have been there, my brother, he would not have died. And they said to him, they said, Jesus said, you know what? Where did you lay him? And the, the smallest scripture in the whole entire Bible was coined in this verse here where it says, Jesus well. Two letters. And that was a scripture. And that's the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus cried. That's so powerful because when he saw the tears and the wailing from other people, it did something to him. He was, he was, he was touched. Not only was he touched, but I could tell he was, the Bible said he was groaning. Like he was in anguish. Like he was angry. And I wonder why would Jesus be angry when he knew that he was going to raise him up? And the Bible says, I look at it as he was constipated. I'm about to go to battle with death. I'm about to go to battle with death. It's like sparring. I have to go to battle with death when I have to cross that line. But this is like a spar right now. So in boxing, you have the ones that spar and they practice for the fight, the actual main fight. They get spar partners. And Jesus looking at death like this is a spa challenge. Because Lazarus been dead and Jesus telling his sister he's going to raise him up. Mary say, I believe in the resurrection. He's going to be late, uh, raised up. But Jesus wasn't talking about the resurrection then. He was saying, I'm going to show you something so you can believe. You're going to see the glory of God. Now, I say that to say this. In the Bible, Jesus had to get to a point where he told the people what to do. Martha and Mary, they were so out of it. Because of the fact that they felt like this is it. My brother died. It's a fact. We put him in a grave. It's proven. We have now put him in a cave and put a stone over him so that way he can rest. This is a fact. It has been proven. Everybody know it. And now we are in our bereaved state. I have accepted that fact. He's dead. But Jesus come to shake up something. That's like what he's doing with us today. Jesus wants to shake up something in your spirit. 
Jesus want to shake up something in your life. How can I prove that? The reason why I can prove it was because he asked them a question, where did you lay him? Yeah. Now, Jesus already knew where he was at. But this was for the people. Just like Jesus know what's going on in your life, and he is starting to ask questions so that way you can start pondering in your head. He started asking them questions. Where did you lay them? Come see, Jesus. Come see. This is, this is where he's at. So Jesus went there. And when he went there, guess what he did? He says in verse number 39, take ye away the stone. I want you to do something that doesn't make sense. That's what God's telling a lot of us. He wants us to do stuff that don't make sense to us. He says, take away the stone. Now, Martha said, if we take away the stone, we're going to smell them. And he stank. He's been dead four days, not three, but four. It's a reason why he was dead four days and not three. He's been dead four days. And by this time, he stank. Can you imagine being dead four days and you in a cave where your body is de just being all uh, uh, consumed with worms and, and consumed with maggots and consumed with all of this stuff that's eating his flesh. Can you imagine being dead for four days? You know he is smelling by now. They got him in a cave. Well, let's look at it from a spiritual standpoint. In a cave. What is a cave? A cave is only one way in, one way out. A cave is dark. A cave is something that when you go and, and, and a lot of people, they hide in caves. A lot of animals hide in caves. A lot of people, if they're running and they run into a cave, sometimes that's the way that they are trapped because there's only one way in and one way out. A cave could mean a lot of things. A cave could be, but don't you know spiritually a lot of us run into caves? Where we run and then we feel like it's an isolation. It's a place of, of a place of I don't I, I'm I'm in this thing, I'm by myself now. I don't I, I know the only way I can see I can see my enemy come, you know, from the front because it's only one way in, one way out, and, and I'm I'm back up against the wall. A cave is a place where bears go and they hibernate and they sleep and they just stay there. But God didn't call the believers to a cave. That's why he say he sleepeth. He didn't say he was dead. He said he sleepeth. So in the cave, there's something that block 
a person from coming out the cave when they're dead. And it's a stone. A stone is put in front of a cave so whatever is in that cave cannot come out. A lot of humans and, 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 and man, we do that when we bury somebody. We put them and we put a concrete, what they call it? I don't forgot the name. Huh? It, like a vault. They put them in a vault and they put them and they put the concrete thing where nothing can come out. They seal it. In the Bible days, they used to put a big stone or a boulder and they put this seal on it to say that this is sealed. And if it's broken, they mean somebody tampered with it. God says, what stone have you allowed to be put on you where you limit God where you're not even thinking and seeing and able to do what God is requiring to see his glory. What stone have you put in front of you to limit you from being all that you could be in him? What stone have you allowed to put yourself in a cave? Now, I'm talking to the believers. Because we all, including me, two hands up, have allowed ourselves to get into some type of cave where we can identify with Lazarus. Can I go a little deeper with it? Lazarus is dead. The thing that fascinated me about him being dead was they practiced the uh, the wrapping of the body and in the wrapping of the body they wrapped from head to toe but with the, the, the thing that really fascinated me and even to this day it fascinated me how when a dead person is dead they use an extra napkin or an extra towel to wrap over their face that's separate from what they use to put over their body. The body, the Bible says that he had, he'd been wrapped up. And when Jesus began to articulate a word, <laughs> the body had to respond. Jesus is calling for his believers and his word is ringing in our spirit man what has happened and what is happening is we have to be loose because it ultimately we are bound well pastor how you can say that I gave my life to the Lord. I'm free. No. In some areas, every last one of us have something that is binding us. Amen. Why would I say that? Because it's so important to understand the Bible, how it will set us free. The Bible, when we analyze Lazarus, 
Jesus told them to first take away that thing that's blocking him. You got to take away the things that's blocking you. What is your stone? That stone could be insecurity. Take it away. That stone could be doubt. Take it away. That stone could be fear. Take it away. That stone could be insecurity. Take it away. That stone could be anything that's not like God. Take it away. But you notice Jesus didn't move the stone. He spoke a command. The people had to follow the command. When you are in God, you got to understand how God talks to the believer. He will talk to you and have you he, he put the responsibility and accountability on you to do something with what he's saying. Does that make sense? He will. He told them to take away the stone. And at that point, we do just like Martha. Jesus, by now, it stank. I don't want you to, if, if you take away the stone, you're going you're gonna to see my deadness. You're going to expose me. And a lot of believers, a lot of us, we don't like to be exposed. No, no. You can talk about everything else, but don't talk about that, 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 that. Because that's a, that's a, a soft spot. That's a hot topic. Jesus knew the word Whatever the word says, the word know how to get to the root of the problem. Take it away. Take that stone away. And now I'm able to see you. In order for us to get into a place, and this is what God's saying. I need my people to get into a place in me that nothing is stopping them from becoming who I want them to be. But you have to do something with it. You can't, you can't depend on, well, Jesus, you do it. I'm going to just wait till you do No, Jesus says, no. I want you to do it. You got to pick yourself up. You got to allow God to take away the, you got to identify the stones in your life or the boulders or the hurdles that's in your life that you got to address and you have to address it with boldness. You got to come to grips to say, this is it. I love it. I, I had preached a message one time and, and, uh, I forgot the title of it, but I remember I kept saying I'm coming out with my hands up. And, and, and I remember, I remember when I was preaching it, I remember, I remember myself feeling free because I was saying I'm coming out with my hands up. It's no more. I, I don't care what I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of being in my cave. I'm, if, it, if it means exposing my vulnerability, whatever it takes, God, I want it to be over. I, I want to be new. I want to be whole. So I'm coming out with my hands up. 
Jesus told Lazarus, when he told her to take away the stone, he said, <laughs> he told him, he said, well, first, before he even said anything, he said, Father, I know you heard me. Now, that, that fascinated me by itself because I said, that means Jesus was talking all this time to the Father while he was yet still grieving and groaning. He already was talking to the Father. They was already coming up with the plan. They already knew what was going to happen. But nobody heard a thing. And he said, Father, I know, I know you already heard me. But, 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 for they say, I'm paraphrasing here. Well, let's, let's, let's get scripture. Verse 41. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Not you hearing me, but you already heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. Yeah, good God about it. But because of the people which stand by, I say it, that they may believe. Some things in your life, God is allowing you to come to fruition because of those that you are supposed to be influencing around you. You worrying about being in your grave. Oh, okay. Can I talk about that? How is it that we could be believers and we go so much into and, and want to be and do the things and, and everybody sucking off of you and sucking you and, and, and rocking, you know, just grabbing from you and you yourself, you are starting to die within. But everybody think you got it all together without, right? And, and, and what happens it draws you to where it sucks you dry. Jesus understood. He's showing us how uh, Lazarus was. He says, I want them to believe what you already had told me. I want you to remember what God already told you. What has God been saying? Don't tell me everybody in social media land, everybody in here. Don't tell me God haven't been talking to you. I know God has been talking to you because he has said for when God speaks, he forever speaks. He said, lo, I am with you always. I don't care where you at. You could be on the mountaintop or you could be on the valley low. God is there and he's talking. He's speaking. He's speaking to you. And you got to remember what he has said. I know you heard me and I know you hear me always. But for their sake, get me out of this. For their sake, I, I, want, I want you to see how I'm going to bring glory out of this. I want you to, God, I want you to turn. See, this is what we got to do, saints. God is telling me to tell you, in order for you to get into the things of God, you got to begin to say, God, I see what you're doing. I know what you have told me, and I believe. Uh, it, it might be dead. The situation might be dead. The situation might seem like it's impossible. But God says, I'm calling people that could believe the impossible. Woo! God have mercy. Y'all just don't understand. Heaven just shook when I said that. I'm, I'm telling you. It shook 
when I said that. Because the devil don't want you to understand he has called you for such a time as this. So that way you are the ones that's going to believe the impossible. Yeah. Oh yes, we have believers that believe things. But we have special believers that believe the impossible. Uh, that means the ordinary just not going to do anymore. That's why you're not satisfied. That's why you're not, that's why, oh God, I feel this in my sanctified soul. That's why you're not satisfied. That's why you frustrated. Because you are supposed to be into the impossible believing things of God. And he had to show that in order to get that way, you got to address the dead issue. <laughs> the thing in your life that's dead. You got to lay it. You got to. Oh, listen. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Jesus told uh, uh, Mary and them. He said he stinketh. That's a fact. Now they rolled the stone away. And Jesus says, not for my sake, but for their sake, Lazarus come forth. Now, when Lazarus, when he heard it, guess what? He came forth. That within itself is a miracle. So we all should have been shouting and jumping. Oh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That wasn't a miracle. Because even though, well, it was a miracle, but that wasn't the main event. See, Jesus will answer prayers that you have prayed but you still could be in a situation like Lazarus. Yes, you brought me back to life. But guess what, Jesus? I'm still bound. You brought me out. You saved me from that. Lord, if it had not been for God. Whoo, Lord, you saved me on this one. But I'm still bound. Lazarus was still bound. So... Really, even though he was saved, he couldn't do nothing. God says, I don't want my people to be like that. I don't want them to know who I am. I don't want them to read my scriptures and know my word and, 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 and study my scriptures and, 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 and repeat my word. But yet they still walk around pound. I don't want people to see me like that. I, how can God get his glory even though you have gave your life to him, even though you believe in him, even though you have put trust in him, but yet you are walking in a state of boundness. You cannot give God no glory when you are bound, but you have to know how to get yourself loose. God have mercy. Now, the thing that really fascinates me, I'm going to tell you what fascinates me. He's bound, leaping. He came out so everybody could see him. So it was a proven fact that Jesus did this. They can't deny it. It was Jesus that did it. Oh well, well, well it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Pharaoh. It wasn't uh, the God of the unknown gods. It was not the God of the Romans. It was not. No, 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 no. It was Jesus. Amen. 
So it's a proven fact. Jesus is the one that did it. But the thing that helped me understand it even more was he told them, he said, loose the man. The thing that wrapped him up. Notice that. People was the one that wrapped him up. People was the one that bound him. How many of us are saying we love the Lord, but we allow people to bind us? And and he told, he, oh God, you give me, but this thing coming quick. He gave, notice what he did. Jesus didn't even touch him. Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus stood where he was. But Jesus didn't go in. That's a, that's a nugget for somebody. Because see, we like to have, we like to give ourselves pity parties. We like to stay in our funk. We like to stay in our, our mess. Jesus didn't get in his mess and lay down with him. Jesus didn't get in the funk with him and say, yeah, child. Oh, I know how you feel. I quite know Jesus didn't do that. The Bible said he was groaning in his spirit, meaning he was angry because he said, how in the world death? How could you allow this? And you think you think I'm going to ah, I'm coming to get this soul back. I'm coming to get this soul back because I have a bigger purpose right now. So you cannot have this soul, but I'm giving you a glimpse of what I'm going to do in a couple of more months. I'm giving you a glimpse of what you about to actually see. You're going to see the, the totality of my glory. Right now you're seeing a glimpse of my glory. Oh God, have mercy. Check this out. Check this out. This is straight from heaven. Jesus allowed death to see a glimpse of what he was about to do before he actually did it. Oh, God, have mercy. He allowed death to get a glimpse of how he was going to defeat him before he actually defeated him. Because him and God was already talking. The father and him was already talking about the plan. So he allowed him to get a glimpse of, uh, you think you got power. I'm going to show you how much power you actually have. Lazarus, come here. Death, the death said, ha, ah, I got all these people that died. I have them hold. I have them in a chokehold. I got them in a chokehold. But Jesus said a word. One word. I'm telling y'all, one word from God, that goes a long way. He said, one word, one word, come, 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 come for it. When the, when the other time he said come? When he told Peter to walk on water, something that was impossible. He said, come, come here. And, and now he's telling Lazarus, come forth, come here. And, and death said, wait a minute. I have to let him go. What kind of power is this? Well, I got to make sure I, I keep the other Lazarus held back who died. Because this one, this Lazarus here, I can't, I can't, I can't hold him down. Yeah. And Jesus said, you just don't understand, death. I'm giving you a glimpse of what's going to happen when you encounter me. Yeah. Woo. So when he actually did, he did not resurrect Lazarus. He just resuscitate Lazarus. It's a difference. 
Because in the resurrection, that means he resurrected him to life forever. He is the first that will be resurrected. But he resuscitated Lazarus so that way Lazarus can know and the devil can know and death can know I have all power when I want to. All power is given unto me. So I want you to let that one Lazarus go. Keep all the rest of them right now. But that one Lazarus, bring him here. And when he was brought there and he was standing before Jesus, I got to hurry up. It says that he was bound and he told him to loose him and let him go. But the thing that the scripture really fascinated me and it said that the one that was around his head, the napkin, it, 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 it put a, a point of saying that he was bound, but he had a napkin around his head. Because see, you could be loose and you could be loose from people, but yet you can't see where you're going if you still got the napkin on your head. Uh, I might be loose and I don't care what people think anymore. I don't care what people uh, is doing like now. I can't see nobody in here. But I can guarantee when the word says loose, the word began to say loose. That means he told them to take off the, the linen so he could get free. But yet it also means loose to be made whole. That means I have to take off so I can see. In the scripture, he told them in the far, the part, the, um, the the first part of the scripture in chapter number eleven, he says, uh, "It's like a man walking in the dark. Uh, they cannot see." Oh man, good God Almighty! This revelation is getting good here. It says here, uh, "Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see." Uh, okay, verse number nine. Jesus answered, "Are thou not twelve hours in a day?" If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, but he seeth the light of the world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. Uh, what do you mean by that? He says that even though you can be free, if you don't have the light in you, if you're not seeing clearly, if you're not hearing clearly, you can still be stumbling. So the thing is, I want you, Jesus, to not only loose me, but I want you to give me vision. I want you to give me purpose. I want you to give me direction. I want you to give me motivation to let me see where I'm going. The thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Teach me. Teach me, oh Lord. Teach me how to be like you. And the Bible says that when they took the napkin off of him, the Bible says he was free. He was now complete. He was now made whole because now he could see Jesus. He could see where he was going. He could see he was alive. And the Bible is telling me to tell you. Once you get loose, you got to be loose to serve. You got to understand how to serve in God. You have to get in a place in God. Uh, that's what we got to do, saints. He's telling me to tell you this. You got to get in a place in him where the impossible is happening. You got to get in a place in him where we believe like that. I understand what people are doing, but it's not about what people are doing. 
It's about what God is saying to you. Whoa, what God is saying to you. Get in a place in God where you're no longer bound, but you are loose. You are free to serve. And the Bible tells me in the latter part of chapter 11, when Lazarus, after everybody had saw it, it says that everybody who saw it believed on him. They believed. People are going to look at your life and they're going to believe because you're going to believe the impossible. You're going to believe that God can do anything. You're going to believe that Jesus, I know you called me for such a time as this to believe the impossible. I understand that things might look dead, but you're going to say, come out of here. Loose that person. Get that The ones that you're going to be influenced around, you're going to have the ability to loose them by the word of God. Not you, but the word of God. Notice it's the word of God. You got to use the word. And when you use the word, the word start doing the course. It start completing the course. I wish I had somebody in here that understand that I am loose to serve. I'm loose to serve God. So that way he could get his glory. How many look at your life like that. I am, oh my God, my body, my body. Oh God, have mercy. I can hear my grandmother. She had a favorite song. One of her songs she used to sing, my body, it belongs to God. My whole body belongs to God. My hands, it belongs to God. My feet, it belongs to God. My heart, it belongs to God. My whole body belongs to God. My mind, it belongs to God. Oh my gosh, have mercy. My whole body belongs to God. That's what Lazarus began to see. His whole body belongs to God. It was just there for a season to give God some glory. You are here in this season to give God his glory. That's why you ain't dead. That's why you ain't dead. How can you be dead? You are here to give him some glory. That's why God didn't take you away. He all got have mercy. Look at somebody and give somebody a mean look. Give them a unit. Give them a, a, a gas face and tell them you are alive. You're not dead. You are alive. I speak life into you. I speak life into you. Look at them again and say, loose here. Ah, you got to, oh my gosh, have mercy. Uh, when you start talking to yourself, uh, maybe you need to talk to yourself. Loose here and let me go. Loose here so I can think right. Loose here so I can talk right. Loose here so I can give God glory. Loose here so I can stay focused. Loose here. I got to loose myself to be myself. I'm not going to allow nobody to bind me. I'm loose to serve in the beauty of holiness because the joy that you have, the world did not give it to you. This joy that you got. Woo, I'm loose to serve. I'm loose to serve. Uh, in the Bible it says uh, when they had the next day they said they saw Lazarus it says he was reclining in the chair at the table he prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemy God 
wants to do things in you that is impossible. He wants you to believe the impossible because it takes you to bring the glory on this earth. It takes you glory seekers. Oh, God, have mercy. I got to seek the glory of God. I got to seek the glory of God. My life, it belongs to God. God, I want you to seek and do whatever you want to do because your glory is all that I want to have. Your glory is all that I want to be. I want to be in your presence. I want to be in your presence. I want to be made whole. I want to be complete. I believe you for the impossible. Any dead situation that I'm encountering, God, I know you are the life giver. You are the life giver. I speak life to my body. I speak life to dead situations. I speak life to dead spirits. Those spirits have to come alive. Awake, all ye gates. Lift up your head. Lift up your head, oh ye gates. Lift them up, ye everlasting doors. For the King of glory, who is the King? The King of my family. I lift them up. The King of my situation. I lift it up. The King of my circumstance. I lift it up. The King of my sickness. I lift it up. Because the King of glory shall come in. Oh, God have mercy. He shall come in. Not maybe, but he shall because I believe the impossible. I, I wish I had some believers that believe the impossible. I believe the impossible. I believe in that name. I believe the impossible. I believe greater is he that's in me. Oh, God, he's in me. I got it. He's in me, and I believe it. So whatever he showed me, I know it's coming to pass. Whatever he showed me, I know it's coming to pass. I'm holding on to his unchanging hand. I'm holding on to his unchanging hand. I'm holding. I'm holding to his unchanging hand because I believe the impossible. I don't want to be a mere Christian that just believe God, but I believe God for everything. Woo, God have mercy. I believe it for everything. I believe it from everything. I made up in my mind a long time ago. I don't care if mama don't want to go if daddy don't want to go, if wifey don't want to go, or if the kids don't want to go, I'm going on in the name of the Lord because I got to save my own soul. My soul is too precious for me to live on this earth, study his scripture. Listen to me. Your life is too precious for you to live in this time and receive the revelation of his word and you don't experience the power of God that's a spiritual malpractice shame on you if you put yourself in a position where all things can be new and you can walk in wholeness 
and you choose not to because you allowing dead things and caves to keep you down and boulders to block your view. That's a spiritual malpractice. Jesus said, I bust through all of that so you could be free. And whom the son set free is free indeed. There's no taking it back. Once you get the revelation of what Jesus is to you. You can't make me doubt him. Because I know too much about him. Uh, he's my friend. Oh God, Jesus is a friend. Uh, he's a way and where there is no way. Because I believe the impossible. Uh, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If I have some people in here that says, I am loose to serve. I am loose to serve. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.